Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Bud Buds, you are... Back once again with the Genegade Master. Hi, I'm Jen. Unbelievably, we have come to the season one finale of No Straight Answers. I know. Who knew that when I started this a few months ago that we would actually get to a season finale? (laughs) Well done, ADHD brain, you did it. These have been one of my favourite things that I've ever done on the internet. Um, I've met some incredible people, some wonderful members of the LGBT plus community that have just said yes and keep giving their time and their love. And I couldn't be more grateful about it. It's been wonderful. No straight answers will be back. I'm just taking a few weeks off to refresh and book a whole bunch of new guests. I'm interested in hearing how you feel, actually. Um, please go to jennagomaster.com. Hit me up on any of the social stuff. A, I kind of want to know what you've made of them so far. Is there anything that you've really loved and would like to see more of? Are there any particular guests that you're interested in? I'm floating the idea of having like a kind of ally special now and again. So we can get like another viewpoint on how it is to be an ally and support people you love, you know. I'm not sure how that's going to work yet. But if there is any input that you want to give into that, please feel free to do so. This week's guest is the wonderful Trista Bites. This one 
feels like the perfect way to end a season. She was so joyful and it was such an absolute delight catching up with her. There is a point in this podcast where she made me laugh so hard that I nearly choked to death. Uh, Fortunately, you will be spared that in the audio version of this podcast. But when it eventually makes its way over to youtube.com slash jennagabemaster, you'll be able to see where I very delicately muted myself. I'm getting heavy into Deep Space Nine. I totally get the Dax thing already. But also, I won't lie, I'm a bit of a fan of Kira. And as Trista warns, there is an evil Kira. So very soon I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. Trista is a comedian, presenter, YouTuber, Twitch streamer, and now Twitch partner, baby. It couldn't be more deserved. Uh, Her content is wonderful. The last time I checked in on an Argos stream, they were looking at the Bart Simpson alarm clock and I had a wave of nostalgia so hard, I think it knocked me off my chair. Yesterday, she built a Sonic the Hedgehog cake, which I highly recommend you checking out on twitch.tv slash TristaBytes. Other than that, enjoy this one. It's absolutely joyful and precious and I'll catch up with you afterwards. See you in a bit. Welcome. I've still got the horns on, haven't I? Bloody hell. Testicle issues all over well, the place. I'm glad I give you the horn. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a nice welcome. You go onto a podcast, you don't you don't often get the horn immediately, so thank you. It's been, been a very it. long lockdown, Trista. What can I tell you? <laughs> it has, and I was having the same problem before lockdown, so, you know. <laughs> That's a big mood, mate. That's a big mood. <laughs> So welcome to No Straight Answers, which is the podcast where I talk to LGBT plus people and mainly get their opinions on things, see what they want to talk about, see what they want to think about. Um, And today's guest is the quite incredible comedian, presenter and newly minted Twitch partner, Trista Bites. Hello. I'm I'm still confused. I mean, I, I was confused anyway, but I'm now specifically confused about the fact that there is that little check mark by my name and um yeah it, it's 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 going to take a while before it completely sinks in <laughs> why isn't it why hasn't it sunk in yet do you think because i wasn't expecting it to happen i hadn't it had been there for a while i just hadn't checked my emails <laughs> thing. i just assumed i wouldn't get it so didn't bother checking my emails and then finally saw a little thing on the twitch dashboard and went oh what's that a notification oh for God. and then went what does what does that mean? And then went into my emails and sort of looked at it, and and the the little video I put out on social media of me clicking the refresh button, yeah, is far more accurate than <laughs> I care to admit of me realizing I I was a, a, a Twitch partner. Uh, yeah, they'd actually approved it the day after the application. And I just <gasps> That's classic. <laughs> so There's probably somebody at Twitch going approved that really quick Honestly. and then just completely ignored it. It's like she's not even bothered. <laughs> So, yeah, and I had no- nothing prepared. I've got no more emotes ready. I've got, just, I, had, I literally had done, just assumed I wouldn't get it for a t- probably like, I, I was thinking not this year. Right. So that's how, that's the level of prepared I am. This was only the <laughs> second attempt, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah. So wow. just, I mean, I was too scared to apply. So I actually unlocked application in May. Mm. I just, I just didn't until I was relentlessly kind of pestered. And then immediately I got the, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, just keep these numbers for a while, like auto, yeah. sort of near auto reply. So I just went, yeah, that, that figures, that's about right. And then I did it again and I went, oh, just be the same thing again. I'll check it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and then current confusion. <laughs> 
So, Trista, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, other than being an unexpected Twitch partner, although it's incredibly well-deserved? FYI. Hi, I'm <laughs> Trista Bites. I'm generally confused about most things a lot of the time. Um, I'm a full-time Twitch partner, apparently. There's been some kind of clerical error. <laughs> I'm also a YouTuber. I'm a presenter on stage at events. I also do a little bit of voice acting work for indie games and stuff and things. Wonderful. I think that covers most of it. And and now you're here, and I'm I couldn't be happier. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. It's really nice of you to invite me on. Oh, honestly, I, I keep like a short list of people that are like my ideal, like people I would love to approach. And, and then you, you had the secondary. No, no, no. You you were like you were like up here. This was like the Aww. probably unattainable, but we'll we'll ask anyway. <laughs> Thank you for lying. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I want to start off then with, so I didn't come out until I was quite late. I just didn't know. With hindsight, I absolutely knew, but didn't know. But I think when I look back on things, I think there were like a lot of like hints. So in terms of like young sort of queer crushes, whether they were like animated or they were real people. Who were your like early queer crushes? Uh, well, my very, very first crush at all in life was a uh, Australian supply teacher <gasps> that was in my primary school. And I remember thinking like she was just amazing. And I remember just being like, ah, she's getting married. She's engaged at the moment. And I couldn't marry her anyway because she's one of my teachers. <laughs> and I, I didn't get quite further past the logic than that. I was just kind of like, yeah, I was just like, oh, yeah, I can't, oh, I, she seems really happy. And her partner seems lovely. And she had a instead of an engagement ring she had a mother of pearl custom necklace because she wanted something she could keep wearing afterwards and i was like oh that's oh. lovely they're probably supposed to be together if if her partner got them that so i probably couldn't marry them anyway and um <laughs> that was about as logical as i was there so <laughs> that was that was a thing other than that um emma emma peel in the <sighs> avengers okay yeah feel She's it amazing um uh, Judzia Dax was my biggest crush and probably still is one of my biggest crushes ever. <laughs> um, now, since we've started talking, Trista has convinced me that I need to watch Deep Space Nine, which I have started because I didn't know that it was all on Netflix. And, I, I, you know, I haven't seen much of Dax yet. When when do they come in? <laughs> you, need, you need to watch all of, all of DS9. <laughs> you know, our friendship hinges on this. You okay. are aware, right? No pressure. <laughs> I've, I've already started. It's fine. Look, if, just, if that's what I've got to do, me. I'll do it. Gazia Dax and Evil Kira. Just trust <laughs> me, okay? <laughs> if anyone with evil in the name, I think is probably quite promising. Generally, evil alternative universes are just, <gasps> just the best thing ever. What know? is it about the evil twin that's a little bit sexy? Everything. Because isn't that the case? What's, is it that Kim Possible is meant to be like the early one for people younger than us, I think. But Kim Possible, there's that evil, dark head yeah, girl. I only vaguely know what Kim Possible mm. is. I think it's a cartoon. That's like <laughs> literally the extent of my knowledge. It's got, it's got like a sexy, evil, like, I think it's like an alternative Kim. But I might be making that up because I know nothing about Kim Possible. <laughs> The evil twin trope is like quite a, a common one, mm. isn't it? You just like, you know, you just you just need a fancy moustache <laughs> and to just be more interesting than your standard counterpart. That's that's kind of the thing, isn't it? Evil Willow, I think, was a one for a lot of people. <gasps> yes, Evil uh, Willow. I was, I was Faith all the way for me. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Willow knocked a lovely, lovely, seemed like a lovely person, lovely character in evil and non-evil variants, but, but Faith. 
Uh, and the Kim Possible character is called been... Shigo, apparently. <laughs> I've no, seen her, and I get it. Like, it was probably, like, after my time, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. So what do you uh, make I'm of Pride, then? What what do I make of it? Yeah. Um, that, that's, I love the way you've just gone from, who did you fancy as a child? So what do you make of Pride? Um, in, in what way? Well, in do, you, way? do you like it, do you go? I have been to Pride. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite loud. And yeah. It's noisy. And sometimes it rains in England. So that kind of weighs into, into things as much as anything else. Um, I think that, that Pride is something that is, is a nice way to, to celebrate the community and, and have mm -hmm. a giant party. And, and, you know, any excuse for a giant party is, is, is important. And I think it is a huge thing of representation as well. It, oh, yeah. you know, it means that uh, a lot of people can suddenly have that huge amount of visibility and things like that. I, I think for for my life personally, my life experiences, it didn't make a huge impact on me. Pride wasn't something I was aware of till way later. Yeah, so, yeah. It, but I can imagine for for younger people that seeing, especially in current climates with things that are happening currently, that having pride and having like that many people going, hey, we're we're people, we exist, mm -hmm. you know, is uh is is important to them, and it could make a big difference to them. It's really interesting to me, actually, because obviously, like I say, I, I came out quite late. So my first Pride, I was in my 30s. Um, but like when I went, the first thing I saw was just two girls walking around hand in hand. And it was like my heart was just so full. And I thought, this is it. This is what I needed to see. All right. I'm still lonely, but at least they're happy. <laughs> yeah, I think it gives like a lot of a lot of joy and comfort to people to see like hey those mm -hmm. people are happy and they they it is it is okay those people are happy it can work and i think that is important i think my mm. my childhood was just like nobody told me no or not to be anything like okay. that i was there was no like you know my 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 mom is incredibly awesome and you know she just wasn't fussed like she had she had no opinion on any of this you know just very like yeah you're happy cool like um hmm. she's extremely liberal so that that wasn't really that wasn't a thing like i i never had to do with i never sort of had to tell anyone or 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 come out it just wasn't a thing for me um but equally because so much of stuff wasn't a thing there was no representation so yeah. i just like i i remember until i was a teenager i had no idea that i wasn't the only girl in the world who liked girls mm. so i was just kind of like huh okay i don't really know i should talk to her about this but being a very logical and slightly unusual child i went oh, it's not really going to be a problem till i'm older because i'm a kid <laughs> i'm not really dating or getting married till i'm older so i guess i'll, I'll see what happens there so i just didn't really query it and i didn't ask anyone wow. and I just kind of like was just in my own little bubble like hmm I'm probably the only person like this in the world that's unfortunate ah that's later me's problem oh my god <laughs> so it didn't really cause me a great amount of sort of stress and anxiety but equally like it is just kind of a strange thing to look back at and I can see why for a lot of other younger people that um that that would cause them a great amount of stress and pressure, especially if they are in environments where they're getting negative messages. Mm -hmm. I just had kind of no messages. If I'd ever said anything to anyone, 
<laughs> I suspect they would have just gone, especially my mum would have just gone, yeah, cool. Um, and would not have been fussed. I mean, this is a household where the first time I came home with purple hair, mm. my mum just looked at me and went, I had my hair that colour at your age. And I just went, cheers. Good job I'm not trying to rebel, isn't it? Thanks for ruining <laughs> that for me. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you know, I was quite lucky that I grew up in, in a household where the opinion was, I am not coming with you to get pierced because I'm needle phobic. Yeah, cool. Okay. That was it. That was that conversation. <laughs> and um, are you sure you want your tattoos to be that big? but otherwise also not a conversation. Also with the caveat of I'm not coming with you, I'm needle phobic. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, cool. Um, and then uh, when I got a girlfriend, just like, she seems nice. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, that was like the whole thing. Um, so yeah, I was very, very lucky in that regard. Mm. Um, the, the parents of um, the first girlfriend I had just thought it was a phase so they they weren't against it, but they were also just like, yeah, yeah, she'll grow out of it, and mm-hmm. uh, consistently referred to me as their best friend. And that, was, that was as far as that went. Um, oh my god, they were roommates. So we were just like, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're really good friends. Um, Jesus. And that, I believe that's still the way because I'm I'm still friends with with mm. her. Now. now we are right now. They're accurate. Now you are friends. <laughs> now they're accurate you know all these years later um so yeah they but i mean they weren't they they weren't sort of nasty in any way they yeah. just they were just like it's just one of those phases and and you just you're just friends and i was just sort of like either you have a really really broad open-minded <laughs> definition of friendship <laughs> or, or you might want to think about that but um yeah so it wasn't it I was quite lucky in the fact it was, you know, nobody was massively against it. Nobody mm. massively said anything. But equally, no one was telling me that things were okay or encouraging me or anything. Yeah. It was just kind of silence. Um, but I think because of just the way my psychology works as a person, it didn't do a huge amount of damage to me. Mm. Um, but for other people, it would definitely uh, definitely have been just this massive void. I mean, the first time I ever saw that I was not the only person in the world mm-hmm. uh, was Deep Space Nine, which is why I always go on about <laughs> Deep Space Nine. That makes <laughs> because sense. the Judzia Dax kiss is the first time that such a kiss had ever been shown on the BBC, as far as I was aware. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time I was like, oh, it's not just me. <laughs> and i was like right okay and it was you know my childhood one of my childhood crushes and idol because i i I also would want to to to, to be as much like judzia dax as possible because she is strong independent intelligent Mm. accomplished you know she has everything going for her and so that was that was quite a, a kind of like interesting moment where I was just kind of in this room like I did oh there's no one else in here I'm the only one that watches these things like look just, what happened it's important <laughs> I'd just carry on um, and I still didn't mention this to anyone or say anything I was just like right I'll just digest this piece of information and kind of carried on quietly with my life but my my life at that point in time was uh, just drawing really mm. I just drew endless amounts of comic book art and, and anime <laughs> art and painted and um was it was kind of just like in my own little world for a lot of it but yeah, yeah it was one of those moments and looking back on it I'm like why was I that the first time I saw mm-hmm. anything that I could relate to on that level? Um, 
So it, it was, yeah, it was one of those things. And like later, I'm just sort of like, it's so much better to have the more representation that we have now. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. no one else should grow up thinking they're the only person in the world. <laughs> that that is this because it's just it's just it's just preposterous when I look back mm. at it. I'd like, huh? That's the logic my child brain had. <laughs> just doesn't exist. Um, I am the that, only that person. Good, that, that's like a good outcome. The good outcome is <laughs> you just outcome. think you're the only person in the world, and you'll deal with it later. <laughs> that's like the best possible way that thinking could go. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I think it's a it must be a similar experience for quite a few other people mm. growing up. In, I was, in the 80s gonna well. say oh uh, 80s absolutely because i was just gonna say that i kind of wish that i was like as chill as you are about it all because i probably only found out like four years ago i think and yeah. i've literally spent four years going but what's the label what's the label i need something the label is if i don't know the label then it's all for nothing and it's oh god i had the same experience in the 80s there was just nothing yeah. so it just didn't exist yeah. as a thing well, I've learned more. And that's the thing is that as I've learned more to do with, because some people are always like labels are bad. And I'm like, labels mm. are partly helpful because you don't think you're the only person in the Correct. world. And you have a way of expressing things. You wouldn't kind of go sort of like that. That's a thing made of, of bread and some food. Don't label that one a cheese sandwich <laughs> and that one a ham sandwich. No one needs to know that. And like vegetarians need to know that. Lactose yeah. intolerant people need to know that. So You've got something to, to Google have- if you have a label. <laughs> Yeah, and as I kind of grew up, and as I kind of understood myself better, you know, as I, you know, as I went from being sort of like zero to eleven or whatever to being a little bit older, I kept trying to express things about myself, and there weren't the words for things. So I remember I just used to come up with my own words for things and my own phrases, and try to come up with ways of explaining stuff. Okay, because um, I was just like, there isn't a word for this. And and because I I found as I got a little bit older that there there were occasionally um, some uh, some guys I liked as as well, mm-hmm. and I was like okay, so that's that's interesting. And then people were like, well, which? And I was like, yeah, kind of <laughs> both. And, and then people would talk to me and they'd say, oh well, I like um, very you know people would say oh, I like very feminine girls, but I like really muscular mm. guys. And I'd be like, I I would just be like, I don't I don't care. Um, and they'd just be kind of like, but what do you like in this? And what do you like in that? And I was just like, it's the same thing. I don't, I don't care. It's the, it's the same thing. Yeah. I just, I just don't care. Um, and people would just be looking at me like, we do not. And it, there's the conversations would just get confused because I couldn't articulate things in a mm. way they understood. And mm. I was kind of like, it got to the point where I was just kind of like, I, I just started saying, I like people I think are pretty. That's, that's it. <laughs> I just I like pretty people, and they were like, "What? What do you mean?" And I was just sort of like, "I just I, I don't care if that, mm-hmm. that person that is male is really feminine looking. I don't care if that woman is a bodybuilder." I was like, "I just I just like people I think are pretty within my own brain's version of that word." Yeah. And, and at one point, I used to joke. I used to just be like, "I just like people who are pretty." So I guess you could call me pretty sexual. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious when I was sixteen. <laughs> It was also super ironic because I was still a virgin. And um, <laughs> I, I would just kind of make up these jokes because I couldn't have these conversations. Mm. And then it kind of got to the point where people would say like, oh, do you fancy this person? Mm-hmm. Or do you fancy that person? And I'd be like, I don't know. I haven't met them. I, would, I don't know. And they'd be like, but do you fancy them? And I'm like, I, I don't know. What if they're horrible? Isn't it strange <laughs> that, people want to categorize it, you in that way? And it just kind of... It got it got weird 
because like eventually after years and years and years and years and years and years, so many years yeah. like the word pansexual became a thing and i was like haha okay <laughs> it's that's a word it's less funny than my word yes but- <laughs> that's the word okay so that explains a thing that explains why everyone because i i sort of called myself bi but i preferred yeah girls and prettier and more feminine looking people mm-hmm. but that started to get a little bit it's people then were like well this person doesn't necessarily count as a pretty person i'm like well just they're, they're just they've just got tons of muscles but i still think they're pretty mm-hmm. and, and I, I don't think my words work with the rest of the world's usage of these words and I, I kind of was like, okay, so so pansexual is a better word. Yeah. And that kind of works in, in a kind of better way. Uh, but then people would say, oh, do you fancy that person over there? Or do you fancy... And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know them. I don't know them. And it was only like literally the last couple, like the last year or so, mm. where there was just kind of like, oh, okay. So there's there's more words. I could figure out more words to go with this. <laughs> <laughs> um and and that's that's then gonna that's then gonna help me. Um so the whole idea of being sort of demisexual. Mm. And I was like, okay, right, I can add that's now a word because I didn't even know that I needed a word for that. I'm really, really interested understand. in us talking about this because it's not cropped up yet at all. And I would say yeah. I am also demisexual and it's not really yeah. been discussed. So I think it's really important to let people know it's a thing. <laughs> And it's, it's okay to be a thing. <laughs> because people, would, I just, I, it was just this weird lack of communication where they'd be like, do you like this person? I'd be like, mm. I don't know. I've only known them for a week. Yeah. Like, do you like them? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. How would I know that? And I was very confused. And I just thought, oh, look, I just thought, oh, some people must just be either quite looks focused yeah. or they just enjoy this, this casual type of of thing so they just make snap decisions yeah but there's probably like you know i was assuming it was like 50 50 um i guess that's not Mm. (laughs) apparently it's not 50 50 and this is this is why a lot of people were just confused but but i didn't even know like it took me a long time to figure out that other people did just know like this and it was just a thing um i just assumed they didn't i don't know not not care but (laughs) It's like it. They, it's not. It doesn't like come to them as a thing, does it? It's not like an automatic. Like they don't overthink it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I was just like, it's like I because I can I can like somebody mm. fairly quickly, but it's only up to a like I can be like, oh, I want to know this person more. Yeah, like this is an interesting person. They are on my list of. It's like they go onto a little like a little list of like maybe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The maybe <laughs> list. Like, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Now I've known you for a while, um, and it's a it's it's a mix of it's a mix of kind of things to do with trust and getting to know someone. And I find as well that my interpretation of how somebody looks change. And I've had this discussion. I only yeah. know like a couple of other people who are are under this kind of like fairly newly found to me demisexual category. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, the the other few people I've spoken to, and I've said, so could you tell me? Because I don't know. Which is the other reason these names are useful. Because it's yeah. like now I can ask people. Go, so when you get to know someone better, does their like face change for you? Because <laughs> like it changes for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they go from being an NPC to like a main <laughs> character. You know, the, the, it's like I just have sort of no opinion <laughs> until that point. Yeah. 
And it's like I can look at someone and go, that person is objectively nice. It's like I can go to an art museum and go, that's it's objectively a nice thing. Doesn't mean, you know, I want to put it on my wall or, or you know, put a duvet on it. And, and I'll buy a print. It's that's it, though. Of, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's you can kind of, you can, I can kind of like, I, I don't know, because people have said to me before, like, about whether or not my friends are attractive or not, and I have to think about it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, why would I have an opinion on this? You know, that's just a personal preference thing. Mm. Um, but it just, it doesn't really clock that I should have an opinion. And definitely when I get to know somebody better, that the way they look to me can, or the way I perceive the way they look to me can change a bit. And if I meet someone and they're absolutely stunning and gorgeous, yeah. and, and, and I look at them and go, oh my, my goodness, like this person could be some kind of model celebrity whatever and then i get to know them and it turns out they're really <laughs> horrible that the next time i look at them i'm kind of like now i can just see your snide personality behind yeah. your eyes and it, and they look uglier it, they literally look uglier they yeah and and i think that's part of the reason why it takes a, a little a little while to 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 get to know someone and, you, and i think the other thing that frustrates me a little bit with it is that Sometimes you meet someone and it's like you're best friends and it's like you've known each other forever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you meet someone and it takes you months and months and months to get to know them. Mm -hmm. Or you think you've got to know them and then actually they're, they're, they're actually quite different. And, and I feel that it can kind of be a bit like that as well. I've met some people and just instantly had a had a quite a strong connection with them and that kind of just like shortens the, the process. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it isn't a case of like... I don't know, because some people may be like, so, but how long does it take you to know? And I'm like, I know. Hey, I, I don't know. It's so changeable. <laughs> it's not just, it's how long did it take you to know someone was your friend? Because it's a very similar thing. And, and I always found it very strange that some people could meet someone and be like, so I was like, so you know, you want to do way more serious things with this person <laughs> before you know if you want to like hang out and yeah. play Street Fighter with them. Yeah, that's it. That's, um, that's the category. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's kind of how things have have worked for me but again there wasn't a word for that so mm. i just spent my whole life going i don't know if i like them or not and 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 people would kind of maybe someone wanted to ask me out and i they'd be like do you like me and i'd be like i don't know and then just be like oh they're obviously not interested they'd be gone and i'd be like Bye, but wait i need to person. find <laughs> <laughs> gonna have a time frame on this <laughs> have a couple of weeks six months <laughs> um so yeah that's, yeah. that's been an, an interesting one because i didn't know that word until mm. very very recently and i was like ah that's a handy word well because unbelievably i, I, I yeah. went out to a gay club last weekend for the, it's the first time i've been out in like 18 months so we were in a gay club and I saw this beautifully tall woman, long blonde hair. And it's the first yeah. time I think in about seven years I've immediately fancied somebody and gone, ooh, okay. But also because I'm a massive introvert, we can't go and talk to her. So I've lost the love of my life. And there we go. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I'm really in a position to comfort you about that right now. Um, I wasn't expecting that kind of level of uh, responsibility in, you know, in our first podcast together. Um, um, first they... suggest there'll be more and I'm okay with that. <laughs> 
It would be like there's a oh, there's a scene in I can't remember what comedy show it is now. It's probably not even a very good show, but I remember there's a scene in a show where someone has broken up with their girlfriend and they just stood there and they go, I just can't see myself with anyone else. And they walk into an elevator and uh, a, a lady who's the neighbor of that person comes down a comes down a like a, a step ladder in there. She's just been fixing the light. And she's got a toolkit on and just goes, hey, and just walks out. And the lady goes, oh, yeah, no, I can see it now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's kind of the approach you have to take because I don't think there is, you know, these kind of like you've lost the, the love of your. He didn't know them. No. They could have. They could have been. No, I'm, I'm only joking. That, I feel that like that's like what DS would have happened because it's the first person that I fancied straight off for years. Yeah. I'm fully aware that if I'd gone and talked to her, she might have been awful, and I would have immediately gone, "No, you're incredibly ugly to me." <laughs> gone off you immediately. I'm sorry. Yeah, and it can be that quick, I think, as well, as soon mm. as you realise that someone is is not a nice not a nice person. And, yeah. Um, it has a big it has a big impact. Because I think that's also partly the reason why I've never like I've I've tried my best but never fully been able to empathize with my friends who've like gone and slept with exes and gotten back with people who weren't very good for them repeatedly and and things like that yeah um because for me as soon as as soon as i've kind of got to a point where i'm like uh if the reason i've left someone is because they're it turns out that they're not a nice person mm. then i i wouldn't want to to be that close to them again yeah so and and i think that's one of the other things that's made it difficult for me sometimes to be there for my friends because i'll just be like why have you gone around to see this person you don't even like anymore multiple times? If you don't like them, why would you want to be involved with them in any way? And and they're kind of like, well, it's 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 different. And I'm just like, but why? And then you're just stuck at an impasse. So I think understanding myself a bit better by knowing this handy new word, I'm like, yeah. ah. So that's actually a very positive thing about mm. being this way, is that once I have got in my head, this person is not a good person or the right person for me. It just kind of witters away and then I'm just not fussed at all. And I'm like, that must be a lot more difficult for people who can still have all of that attraction, even if they don't remotely like the person anymore. It's so interesting that you say that because I, I think about exes and what have you. And I think like I genuinely get like a, a chill goes through my my face my face goes through my body when i um <clears throat> think about being with them it's because i think my memories of them have been tainted by them being a terrible person <laughs> so it's interesting that that kind of sticks with you as a thing yeah and it's something that i couldn't couldn't fully empathize with for my friends because i didn't understand why they were like that and now i'm like oh it's me who's the weirdo I'm kind of happy with that in this bit. This case, I think, yeah, I think I've kind of got a benefit there, which is which is nice. <laughs> I also want to go back a little bit to what you sort of said about pansexuality. Thank you for saying so, to be honest, because I really identified with that aspect of like I find women significantly prettier and I'm more attracted to women than I am men, like by far. And I think that's the thing that like throws me off a little bit because well, maybe you are just a lesbian. Are you actually pansexual? And it's interesting to hear somebody else who's got like a stronger preference perhaps for a particular gender. And then, but the other thing is still valid and it's fine. Because I think there's a real like societal thing of it's definitely 50-50. I think, 
it's to me it's just um if i find the person pretty and my definition of pretty is probably not anyone else's definition of pretty it's just if i if i if i like the person who they are and 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 what they are and how they look to me mm. then that's kind of that's kind of all all of all of what it is really and um it could be either in fact it could be either is all that it needs to to be it's like i've had long sort of relationships with 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 people who identify of of, of different genders it doesn't mm. it just doesn't it just doesn't really matter it's yeah. <laughs> it's um it's one of those things where i was just sort of like it just doesn't matter but if if more people tended to be in the area where I was or in the media that I watch, you know, if, if the characters who were the, the female or the female presenting characters just happened to be the thing I, I happened to be drawn to <laughs> and the character types I happened to be drawn to, then, yeah, it was going to be that way. And then obviously I've met more people in my life and a more broad understanding of the world and, and more range of media and stuff, then then it gets broader again. So it. It, yeah, I think it's just mm. the fact that it doesn't it doesn't actually matter that somebody being something different to your you know what you kind of perceive as your main preference like doesn't actually stop you liking them. Then yeah, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't matter. It's just I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any intelligent descriptions or punchlines. You do for this though. Thing. That's the thing, and I think it's really helpful. To, that's that's what I love about doing this is talking to other people and getting other opinions and seeing how other people feel. Because in a weird way, it helps me understand myself. <laughs> and I think I like it's that. just like I saw, and I think as well, like when I saw really strong female characters and things, they stood out to me because we had such a time in media when there weren't that many strong female characters. Hmm. So they stood out to me a bit more. You could find other characters who have similar characteristics to Judzia Dax, but they were kind of more ten a penny, whereas she kind of stood out and yeah. has an incredible, slightly sassy smile. I do, I do like the slightly crooked, sassy smile. That's a, <laughs> that's a weakness. Um, so that kind of those people kind of stand out a bit. Plus, uh, they they were more prevalent in the sort of sci-fi fantasy type media that I was drawn to as well to get these strong female characters. So as it, so as a as a young person, I was looking. I didn't know I was looking for people to fancy. I was mm. subconsciously looking for role models or people similar to me and that was kind of where that en ended up really yeah. um so yeah i think it's i think it's just a case of just just like what you like and if it happens to fall <laughs> under a useful <laughs> phrase that helps explain it to other people use useful phrase that's lovely. I, know, I guess I guess we'll go back to the sandwiches one. Yeah. So you know you could say there's the cheese sandwiches and 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 and, and <laughs> these other sandwiches, but what if the cheese sandwich has also got some pickle in it? Is yeah. it still a cheese sandwich? You know, I don't know. I Do don't you know. still like it? That's the question. Make funnier joke about sandwiches here. <laughs> um, do you want to tell me a little bit about your Samaritans fundraiser? Yes, sure. So I've been working with Samaritans for a while and I've done quite a few fundraisers for them on, on Twitch. They're a charity that means the absolute world to me. And I started talking to them more often and talking to one of their, um, I think I've forgotten, oh, I've forgotten what their now official title is. 
I could be in trouble. Uh-oh. <laughs> now, they made a job title specifically that was special, magical, wonderful person in charge of talking to Twitch streamers and getting fundraising <laughs> on live streaming platforms going. There you go. Okay. Some like actual job title that embodies all of those wasted words. Um, and we ended up just talking for hours and hours and hours. And um, Numpty says community from... manager, question mark. Uh, it's, it's more of a, it, the, rather than managing the community, the role is, um, is, is sorting out fundraising with streamers and online streamers and, and things like that. Um, so, uh, they've invented a job title there because they didn't have somebody who was specifically dealing with, uh, the fundraising on, on Twitch before. So, um, I spent a lot of time talking to them and they sort of said, you're one of these groups of people that were streamers who we now go to, to, to kind of get advice on how mm. to, to do Twitch stream fundraising. And I was like, well, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, what else can I do for you? And they said, would you mind running and making and running a team of people? And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I've never done that before. Let's just do that immediately is the first thing I do. <laughs> uh, I reached out to a bunch of amazing people and the response was just phenomenal. I ended up with a with quite a big team of streamers who were like, yeah, sure, we'll stream on that weekend as part of as part of the, the Night Shift campaign on, on your stream team. And we raised uh, between us, it's, it's about eight grand on wow. a weekend. Wow. On the weekend, so that was that was quite overwhelming. The outpouring of of support. Mm -hmm. I I lost track of how many streams I actually did because I was guesting on other people's streams yeah. as well. <laughs> um, so I was on my streams and I was on some other people's streams, and just being being part of that was phenomenal. And uh, it was wonderful to see just the outpouring of love for Samaritans because they are such a hugely important charity uh, for anyone that's. Uh, watching or listening to the podcast who doesn't know them they run free 24 7 helplines that anyone can phone up if you just need to talk to someone who's going to be non-judgmental someone who will treat you anonymously but will just listen to, to what you have to say and just be there yeah. as someone on the other end of the phone and that can save lives it does save lives on mm. a daily basis and five pound is enough to ensure a phone call can get answered and we raise nearly eight grand wow and you just kind of like you're just looking at that and going how many lives or how many days have we made bearable as mm -hmm. a huge community for how many people right there that is incredible so i was a little bit broken by, <laughs> by that um in the best possible way and um it was amazing to to be able to do that. I was so nervous that like no one would want to be on my team and that, <laughs> that they would just all fall apart. And I was just kind of like, if no one wants to do it, I'll just I'll just stream for the whole time on my own. If no one wants to do it. But there was incredible people and just the amount of people that were just like, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> so more of that will happen in in future as well. Cause like the Twitch community. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing when it comes to charity drives. Mm. They are so phenomenal because the the the, the wonderful slash probably slightly masochistic because they're watching me people um, <laughs> who watched my streams last year raised 10k just wow. on just on the Trista Bites channel, and then this year I've lost track of how much we've raised already, but that streamathon, which was a bunch of us, was eight. Mm. And you just kind of like that's 
that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And you just see whenever there's whenever there are charity streams, um, yeah. people just coming together and helping each other and pouring so much love at them. And it's it's been absolutely, absolutely amazing. Mm. It actually leads on quite nicely to what I wanted to touch on next. But before we go on, I just want to remind chat, if you've got any questions for Trista, please feel free to drop them in and we'll get to those. Um, but I, in terms of community, I was thinking, because you do obviously do a lot of stuff on YouTube as well as Twitch. And something that's come up a lot is obviously in, we were all in lockdown and we kind of, a lot of us lost our sort of IRL communities to a degree. So have you sort of, I don't know, either rediscovered or sort of grown that kind of community during lockdown? Um, yes, there's a tick by my name. There is a, there is a tick by your name. <laughs> <laughs> that implies a lot of people really had nothing better to do than watch my Muppet face get really angry at how bad the X-Men movies were oh, for like a shish, year. Shish. So, um, yeah, I, I obviously, most of my work was gone because of lockdown. Mm. It was, it was just kind of like, hi, this is, this is now non-existent. So, uh, the last remaining bits of day job I had was pretty much gone so i had two days a week for a chunk of time and i was like ah well i was about to throw myself into trying to really push to do more on stage presenting at yeah. events and there's no events and my day job's pretty much gone and i've got two days a week for as long as this last project goes wow and i was like okay well i was told relentlessly for years to get on twitch and I hadn't. And then I was on Twitch. I was on Twitch two days a week for six months before lockdown. And then I went, well, okay, I, I am on my own. I live on my own. I can't go anywhere. I can't talk to anyone. <laughs> I've only got two days a week for a temporary amount of time of work. I guess I'm now a full-time Twitch streamer. <laughs> Maybe this will be helpful to people. It might stop me from losing what's left of my marbles. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll be helpful to other people. I did loads of daytime streams for people that were working from home, which were like really, really chill ones. Hmm. And I was just like, I'll just do this for a bit. <laughs> and then it sort of, yeah, just sort of kept happening. So in the same way, I mean, I started YouTube it's like six and a half years ago. And I just started it to learn how to do presenting and editing. I had no intention of actually having a YouTube channel. Mm. I just wanted to put a few things up as a showreel. Yeah. And then I thought I'd just go and present for other people and just do stuff for other people. And then several years later, I people just kept telling me I was a YouTuber and to stop saying I wasn't because I was putting <laughs> YouTube videos up every month. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, okay, so I'm a YouTuber. And it was kind of similar with the Twitch streaming where I was like, oh, I'll just do it a few days a week. And it's like, after you've been doing it like full time for six months, you kind of have to accept you're a full time Twitch streamer. <laughs> and I, I also just discovered how much I love the community on, on, mm. on Twitch. And I think the charity fundraisers were a big part of that. I think the fact yeah. that people would check in on me, um, yeah, the fact that people, people wanted uh, rewards to tell me when I needed to drink something as a channel point <laughs> rewards. They wanted, oh my God, they did want they make you do those? My new emotes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, they, they were telling me to go to bed <sighs> at the end of the charity stream. That's lovely. Um, and I was just like, this This really is a lot more of a two-way communication than I originally thought it was. Mm. And um, it, it's, been, it's been a really good thing to be part of. Yeah. And 
I, I think it's helped me enormously and people have told me that the streams have helped them. And yeah, I've cut down the streaming a little bit. I was streaming twice a day, sort of wow. like lockdown, <laughs> especially after I, I lost the, the two days a week. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was streaming. So it was, it was, it was like seven, eight hours a day. And I've kind of cut that down a bit and I've got some bits of other work coming in. Yeah. I've, I've got a few bits of onstage work coming up near the end of the year and Yay. things like that. And, um, I can't imagine ever not Twitch streaming now. Oh, no. Like, I, if if I was kind of offered to go back to doing the the graphic design work full time again, mm -hmm. I I don't think I don't think I'd want to do it now. Mm -hmm. Like, I still I like it, but now I like doing it to make stupid graphics we use on the stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need new emotes. <laughs> Now I'm like, yeah, making stupid emotes of my Muppet face and making the, the promo videos for things and, and I'm enjoying that. So mm. I hope I hope I can get good enough at this to, to keep doing this and call this a proper career and I hope I can get good enough at the on-stage work yeah. that I can start doing a, a lot more of that. And I've got a few of my friends saying to me like, you know, you always said you wanted to write a stand-up routine and I'm like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't. No, I didn't yes, know what you were talking you do. about. Um, do it. Do so it. That's, do it. That's do probably it. the next thing. Um, and yes, people in chat are mentioning that they want me to do, go back to drawing art again and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, we, we shall see. We shall see. But as usual, it's. It, I, I went in. I said I wasn't a YouTuber and a Twitch streamer. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't carry expect. on denying that I'm doing the things I'm doing. <laughs> It's it's too much pressure otherwise, you know. I, I genuinely didn't expect Twitch to get me in the way that Twitch got me. In that, I, for me, it was a similar story in that my stand-up was my outlet. So I had like a nine-to-five day job and then at night I'd get let off steam by doing stand-up. And then that just died overnight. I did that for like a year and a half and it was just gone. And then... I don't know what it was. Something compelled me. I was, I was hanging out with the Wee Squad from Wee Claire, who's just been in. Uh, by Claire, by the way. <laughs> um, I was hanging out with them, and just very, very quickly, people are so encouraging about, you should just try it. Go for it. See what happens. And it's like, you know, my first stream was on a 12-year-old iMac with the built-in camera and a terrible audio. And it's just, it's become like this huge part of my life with this there's all these people around that keep coming back for some reason and we've all got in jokes and we've got our own emotes and all this kind of stuff and it's just so lovely to have replaced that kind of community aspect like you said it's more of a two-way street than i think people realize it is it's not just like yeah. broadcasting it's having a chat with people and i think that's been the bit that's been the most important aspect to me especially to knock down you know yeah and i didn't i i kept saying I just don't think anyone will watch me on Twitch yeah. for ages. <laughs> Same. But people were just kind of relentless at me. <laughs> you should start Twitch streaming, you should start Twitch streaming. I was just like, why? Why would anyone watch me? I just don't shut up. Why would anyone watch that? Why? I don't understand. I just complain endlessly about that silly things. It's like literally we're looking through Argos catalogs, like old 80s and 90s Argos catalogs on Saturdays, and it will take me an hour to get off the index page because I'm so angry at the bad kerning and font choices. <laughs> You know, it's like, why Why is that entertaining to anyone? Your Argos <laughs> streams make like... me so happy, by the way. <laughs> Honestly, I watch I them and like... go, I love it. This is this is for me. I was just like, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, and I'd been on, 
I'd been on YouTube for years and I was just mm -hmm. like, I, I have I have a little YouTube channel, but I interview people on that YouTube channel. I interview mm -hmm. indie comic book creators, I interview indie dev creators. I I'm I'm showcasing a lot of the time other people's stuff and I'm like, I can get why someone would watch that, you know, because mm -hmm. they're watching it because of the thing that's not me. And um I decided to do the Twitch stream after this relentless, you know, I'll, I'll call it pestering, but it was probably <laughs> slightly stronger word than that. Bullying? Um, after, <laughs> nice after bullying. <laughs> relentless, yeah, relentless, relentless. like pushing. Relentless from, from positivity. <laughs> yeah. Stop believing in me, goddammit. Goddammit. Stop being so nice. <laughs> and. I did the first stream after I came back from Tokyo and I was like, I'll just do, I was like, I can't figure out how to do most of this. I'm just going to start really simple with it. And it's just going to be a camera, an AF camera, an AF microphone. Mm -hmm. And I can't figure out how to do any gameplay or anything. And I was physically shaking with fear. So I was mm -hmm. like, well, I can't play anything. So I'm just going to do like a little show and tell of like, here's a bunch of Game Boy stuff I picked up <sighs> for like 70p each. Um, Love that. Which came kind of a, came, became the running gag of the entire stream because <laughs> everything had a hundred and seven yen sticker on it. Because <laughs> um, I put everything from the the junk sections of the second hand shop, so I'd be like, "Here's a Game Boy. How much do you think that cost? A hundred and seven yen." <laughs> and I was like, "No one's gonna watch this. Why? I don't understand." So I thought maybe they'd watch it because I've got this retro stuff that I'm showing. Okay, okay, fine. Mm. And uh, I, I'd made the 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 Twitch account and then kind of just left it, and it just kind of sat there for months. And then it had like, I, I think it was like eighty or ninety people were following it, and I was like, <gasps> I haven't even done anything. What are you doing? <laughs> who, are you? Amazing. who are you people? Um, and I was like, okay, fine. So people are following it. No one will show up. And then I did the first stream and I was like, it's fine because there's not going to be anyone there. And I was like, I'm terrified because there won't be anyone there. Yeah. I'm also terrified if anyone shows up. <laughs> so, um, okay. I, I hope maybe we'll hope that just like one or two people show up and then that'll be okay. That'll be like manageable. So and then gentle 60 people in the water. showed up. 60. Yeah, 60 people showed up for the first stream. And I was just like, Oh um, my god, I would have bricked it. <laughs> I was just like, well, I'm not prepared for this. Um, mm. And it, it was all right. People were nice. People wanted to ask me a lot of questions because I said, hey, you can ask me questions. Yeah. And I guess because I'd only ever done a couple of Q&A videos on YouTube, it was the opportunity for people to, to come and ask questions. And I hadn't been putting YouTube videos up as regularly because I'd been in, in Tokyo. Mm. Um and uh, having been to Tokyo gave me plenty to talk about because I was like, hey, I've done something actually interesting in my life. This doesn't <laughs> happen very often. I can talk about something. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the number went down after that for, for a bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, the first one was like 60 people and I was just like, I was expecting like three and I thought one of them would be the chatbot. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of people for stream one, mate. I'm not going to lie to you. Good lords. Yeah. It was... <laughs> It was quite scary, but also it was still kind of good. Like, I wasn't put off doing it yeah. again. And there'd be plenty and of people I, to talk I, to, so I'm sure that was quite nice. Yeah, it was It was one of those things where I was like, ah, because I assumed I'd start, start from much lower viewership than that. I didn't know quite how much crossover there'd be between YouTube and, and Twitch, or if I'd have got my time zones correct, or 
or, or, or whatever, because there's so mm. many factors when it comes to live broadcasting and doing yeah. shows live. And I had no idea what I was doing. So I thought people would turn up once and go, well, this person's clueless and then <laughs> would go away. Um, but yeah, I ended up with with kind of, uh, uh, you know, what I would consider to be a very good average for like the first year, which was about sort of 36 mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, uh, for like for like the first sort of like at least six months or so that was kind of the the average and then when I went full-time we, we'd just gone into lockdown mm. so obviously it went up and I was yeah. like well that's because everyone's stuck at home mm. and they literally now don't have anything better to do other than look at my Muppet face they like, literally they're locked in their houses now they they're locked escape. in their houses but they've got plenty of other streamers to watch mate there's still a choice involved there <laughs> well I guess they thought they didn't have to use the search bar or something I don't know <laughs> But I assumed that things went away with lockdown oh and that people were starting to go back to work and stuff. I thought, right, okay, it's going to go back down mm. again. And then it didn't. It went up again. And I was like, what? <laughs> what does that tell you? It tells me I have a lot of friends who are going to phone me up and laugh at me and say, I told you so. Because <laughs> I had some very, very, like... Strongly worded conversations with friends of mine who I won't name, but one of them's been on this podcast. And oh, God. Um, where, I just, <laughs> where I said, look, I'm not going to unlock Path to Partner probably ever. Definitely mm. not this year. And I probably won't get it this year. I'd probably not unlock it or even get anywhere near getting it until next year. And I might not get it next year either. And they kept going, you're going to get it this Oops. year. You're going to get it this year. And I kept going, no, I'm not. It's like, stop being ridiculous. And I got very much, I got slightly attitude about this. I was just like, no. Like, I understand you're trying to be supportive, but mm. you're clearly wrong. <laughs> and just, I just feel like you're just trying to make me feel better. And I'm just going to be like, very, like, not ungrateful, but very <laughs> attitude about this entire overly supporting me kind of lark. And I'm just going to be, no, it's not going to happen. Stop saying this. I hope they've got that recorded. <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> but I, I, I was just so adamant. Like, mm. I was just adamant to the point of, like, I didn't say you're being stupid, but I, yeah, the tone of voice was there. And um, then it was like, <laughs> it was like literally weeks later, I unlocked Path to Partner and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was too scared to apply for a couple of months. Um, so <sighs> there you go. Oh, and I don't learn because I considered continue to be adamant I wouldn't get partner this year. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? Because th- th- I've heard that the first one is almost always a no. It's a oh, hang on to those numbers for a bit longer, blah blah blah. So it's like it kind of the first one doesn't even really mean anything, does it? It's just yeah, I figured the first three or four didn't mean anything. <laughs> which is why I didn't check my emails. <laughs> uh, but number two meant something. Yeah, apparently that just needed 24 hours to look at. I was like, okay. Sorry, Twitch. Um, sorry. Sorry, everyone. I've been really adamantly saying I'm not going <laughs> to get it at, including my own chat and friends and, you know. So something else I've discovered in lockdown is uh, the world of Dungeons and Dragons, which I believe Excellent. you have a passing interest in. I do. I have many <laughs> dice. <laughs> I'm such a dice goblin. I hadn't played D&D before this year. I've literally got, like, I poured these out yesterday, right? And there's so many of them. It just it just pours for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> dice are so good. They're dice so are so good. 
And I say this as someone with dyscalculia that has trouble with numbers. <laughs> dice is so good. That's how good dice are. That's how good dice are. I have to. The only thing with me, indeed, because I played. I started off with Vampire Masquerade when okay. I was sixteen. Yeah. Which is a much simpler, smaller game than than something like D and D. I played a little bit of AD and D, but AD and D is just so it's it's fairly convoluted to kind of get into um, okay. i find like um fifth ed that we're on now for D D, I find much simpler to, mm-hmm. to get into uh and i've played some pathfinder and other bits and pieces as well um but yeah i've had to kind of do some workarounds for D because it's very number focused it so is so um i have like my own character sheet for pathfinder because pathfinder's character sheets look like old D ones okay and i found that all everything's the same size right whereas the D fifth edition character sheets have got big numbers and small numbers and yeah. boxes round yeah, stuff, yeah. And, and that's much more more easy to navigate um okay but i i also i my dice all have to be which is one of my excuses for buying so many dice and it's a valid excuse okay it's okay. like an accessibility excuse hit me is that i need or, or it helps massively with the flow of the game for everyone if my dice are each a different colour. Okay. Because then, then the person who's DMing the game says, roll two purple dice, roll one red dice, roll one. and Because uh, otherwise I can get confused with which dice I'm rolling or how many of them I'm rolling, whereas mm. colours works for me. So it gives me a good excuse to buy like lots and lots of dice because it's so much faster for me to play the game that way. Um because I, I, I you know apart from the D20 some of the other ones I'll just yeah. they, I can't hold that many things in my head quite frankly. I have I to count the, the signs so often. The colors thing is yeah, actually a great is, idea. This is the way I get around it. Is yeah. I'll just be like okay my my D20 dice is always going to be like the coolest thing and yeah. it's the biggest thing or D20 it'll be is like, easy. One of my friends has the, the the incredible dice that I I tweeted a picture of it on Monday and said, um, you know, I present you Monday and it's a big metal silver dice with nice black engraved numbers apart from the number one, which is the <laughs> F word. Excellent. <laughs> so the D20 is all right, but for the rest of them, if you just say to me, roll mm. four of these or roll two of these or something, it just takes too long. So by having them all as different colours... It just makes it so much easier. Like I'm yeah. sure that would make it easier for everyone. No, I think like, I think you're right because it was I, like I yesterday. Just... There was loads of like roll. I can't remember what they are. Like D12s. I really struggled with. I was like, what's a D12? Yeah. And it's like, it makes so much sense to me now that you mention it because it's like D20 is obvious. You can just pick that out of nowhere. D6 is obvious. You can pick that out of nowhere. And then like I'd say the percentile dice probably fine. But then other than that, everything else is a bit like how many sides has this got? I don't know. <laughs> And I usually play as magic-based characters in D&D as well. Yeah. So I'm rolling a lot of things with a lot of roll three of these and add one of these. Yeah. And what else have you done? <laughs> and I can see the DMs like looking going, so what, you've enchanted this and this is magical <laughs> and you're a cat and you've, you've what? <laughs> Are you so a cat girl in D&D? Um, I've got a few different characters I play as as my mains because I've got different games I was I was doing with different people. But one of my mains is a Tabaxi Dragonborn sorcerer, so they are a effectively a cat humanoid. Nice, and he is this super like he thinks he's like really cool. <laughs> but he likes to look like he's not putting any effort in. He's he's just a cat, right? Mm. And he spent a lot of his time with high elves. 
Right. So he likes to think he's kind of cool and fancy and different Amazing. to all the other tabaxis. <laughs> um, but the whole character is built around puns. Right. <laughs> so his cantrip spells, which are the ones you always have constantly through the game for anyone that doesn't play D&D, they're mm-hmm. like your basic spells that you always have. Um, they've got uh, infestation of fleas. Um, they've got cats, a poult. That they can throw things with. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> They've got a mage hand, which allows you to remotely move things with a ghost hand, which they mostly <laughs> use to knock people's glasses off the bars in the taverns. Yes. <laughs> um, and just, I just went. Oh, they're, they're just all. They're just all puns. And the thing is also partly got some 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 dragon elements to it. So under its fur, it's got these kind of purple scales, and it's slightly purple coloured, and it can shoot lightning from its hands. And every time he misses, he just pretends to wash his paw and style it out. Lush. I love that and we had so much. Whole, there was the whole fight once where, like. I just kept rolling so poorly that every time I shot lightning, it bounced off the walls and floors by the enemy. And every time, he'd just be like, how many more warning shots do you want? And he was just really like, yeah, so, you know. And then finally, I managed to get a shot and, like, just, just kill this enemy. And all the other enemies, because the, I have my, my charisma was really high. Because, mm. again, cat, cat. High charisma. Obviously. <laughs> and because because he'd styled it out so well all the other enemies in the room truly believed that all of those missed shots oh were God. just a cat playing with its prey <laughs> <laughs> i was actually just hopeless <laughs> and they all just gave in and i was just like thank god because i just kept rolling like twos <laughs> <laughs> and just shooting lightning and having to style it out um so yeah he's one of my main D characters and he's like this love it. cat who just, he's like this overconfident, like, you know, like little what's it basically, who's chaotic neutral and kind of goes with whichever team's got the fireplace <laughs> in there. <laughs> Likes to be warm. My, my main isn't quite a cat, but she is, she's a genome from Final Fantasy IX. So basically what Zidane is with the like monkey tail, mm. part human, and she can yeah. go into trance and all this kind of stuff because the whole campaign is Final Fantasy themed. And we were playing it last night, and I said, "I like it." Really struck me last night how much D and D's got under my skin. Like I'm like, "Give me all the one shots. I need all the one shots plus any of my campaign. I just need to play so it all of the time." <laughs> I've played some murder mystery one shots. <gasps> that sounds awesome. They're so good. They're written for Pathfinder, but you could absolutely just port them over yeah. um, with a find and replace to change what you're rolling for and stuff because they're quite similar. And um, yeah, some murder mystery one shots where you all awake in a courthouse and it turns out you're the descendants of someone from a previous crime and you got to discover who the real like criminal was and stuff. So there's some really excellent one shots out there for anyone that wants to get into these kind of things. Um, and yeah, I've got uh, some of the one shots come with pre-made characters because obviously they have set. Yeah, you know, stories yeah, yeah. for them. Mm. Um, but there's uh, other one shots I've done where I use. <laughs> well, I've got I've got about three or four characters I use on the regular. But I've got a character that um, was going to be used for a long running campaign that was going to be a, a Twitch streamed campaign. But the mm. uh, the people involved decided that they weren't actually going to. They think they looked at Twitch and realised how much work it was and decided that it was right. actually too much of a, a commitment mm. for everyone. Um, but I'd come up with the character, so that character became my one-shot character for a lot of things. And um, that character is kind of loosely based on um, assumptions of me 
and me turned up to 11 based on <laughs> the silliest things to do with me. So, yeah, she's a um, natural wild magic changeling. Okay. Who's chaotic good. Right. So, um, her hair and skin and eyes change colour depending on what's around her and her mood and she's totally unaware of it. <laughs> Which goes <laughs> with the hair and uh, wild magic is hugely unpredictable. Mm. You have to roll... You have to roll to decide what the magic actually does versus what you wanted it to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she also has natural abilities to teleport about the place. <laughs> and her, one of her other cantrips is mending because she quite often teleports away from things she's holding and smashes stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like a, 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 a dyspraxic, chaotic good, tries her best, multicolored, teleporting. <laughs> like creature that ends up in all kinds of chaos and I remember being part of a one shot <laughs> with her and we'd all been sent on this mission to go and retrieve something or we were going to be beheaded by this mm. empress mm. and uh, it got to the point we'd all been given how we got into the one shot as, as a piece of paper okay. from the DM and uh, everyone was like, I stole from this, or I, I dishonoured this, or I owe all this money, or, you know, I was from a rival clan, we were at war and stuff. And um, my background was that I had um, thought the building looked interesting, accidentally teleported in and destroyed the equivalent of a centuries-old vase. Because it was a slightly magic vase, my cantrip of mending hadn't fixed it. But because I was quite charming and multicoloured and the Empress found yeah. this amusing, they decided that I could just make up for it by being on this. And, um, and they were kind of just like, wow, <laughs> you, you broke like a piece of imperial like, mm. <laughs> a magic artefact that was completely priceless and you've just been sent on a fetch quest. And I was like, yeah. Uh, your teleporting has just reminded me of an incident last night. So my character, like months ago, picked up a, a set of like a D6 dice and it's mm -hmm. a Kate Sif themed dice. But obviously she doesn't know that because she hasn't got that knowledge. But it's basically a chaotic dice. So I only know what four of the numbers Ooh. do. I don't know what two of the numbers do. And I threw it. Now, I know that some of them are bad and some of them are good. Some of them will like heal. Some of them will do fireball, that kind of thing. So I threw it between a horde of zombies and an ogre right in the center thinking like either it'll blow up and it'll hurt them or nothing will happen. It teleported me between both of the enemies. <laughs> I was like, I love it though, because in terms of being chaotic, what's more chaotic than just zipping around the battlefield? Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my character once accidentally set fire to an ancient magical tree we were trying to make friends with. So. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and it was like fire and obviously forest fires was like yeah. the one thing that it hated and where the rest of its brethren were gone and I'd obviously my character had therefore thought about fire and and I was told to roll a dice and mm. I'd set fire to the tree. That was like the thing we were trying to help. And everyone else was just like, oh my god. I was just like, I am good. I'm just really bad at it. Yeah. I can do this, I swear. Yeah. I offered to try and make water to put the fire out, and mm. they opted to not let me. 
And then I just kind of was blue for a bit because I was obviously <laughs> thinking about the water and feeling bad. And I think the tree took exception Aww. to that as well. And it didn't go well. That's all I'm saying. You didn't make friends with the tree, it sounds like to me. No, no. I could have made a table with what was left, but that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> so in terms of some recent good representation, how about our pal Loki? Been watching Loki on Disney Plus? I have watched Lo- Loki's the reason I have Disney Plus. Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, Love Victor <laughs> is the I've reason I have Disney Loki. Plus. <laughs> um, Loki is amazing, and I will watch anything Loki is in. Quite frankly, he's so likable, um, isn't he? It's like there's something about him. I know he's a bad he's guy, but you know, he's, he's, he's just misunderstood. <laughs> Ironically, he's now in our D&D campaign, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) Amazing. I've always liked Loki and Loki derivative characters. Like Mm. the mask is is a derivative of of Loki as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Loki's spirit, which is why it makes uh, Stanley Ipkus do such sort of outrageous things and stuff. It's because it's supposed to be like the god Loki. And I've always liked mythology. I've always liked Loki. And Loki's always been good in the comics. Mm -hmm. And... um, like Loki's always been good because there's Loki, there's Lady Loki, there's there's, there's, there's crocodile. A lot of... <laughs> crocodile one's new. I don't remember that one in the comics, but I absolutely stand Crocodile Loki one hundred percent. How can you not? Um, How can you not? Uh, you know the fact he's willing to bite his own hand off if he annoys himself in a sort of weird way. Uh, I can somehow respect that. I I don't really know why, but I just I, I liked that moment. Um, but yeah, I I I love Loki as a character, mm. and when the first the first movie came out it was the first Avengers film with Loki sort of like and they were kind of like Loki's going to take over the world and I was just like yeah I'd sell you all out yeah I'll let him it's I'd, fine I absolutely sell you all out <laughs> Loki could take over the world I'm sorry sorry I'm, as you uh, pass you know, up you the mask my prices for like selling out the whole human race it's right there <laughs> <laughs> it's just Tom Hiddleston um, as you've brought up Loki the mask specifically Cameron Diaz in the mask thoughts um, I thought she was very beautiful because that was a but real found, problem for me. <laughs> um, I just found her character quite kind of clueless. That was kind of yeah, that was yeah, my yeah. sole impression of her. She was she was um, the ultimate plot device, mm. really, in that movie. She didn't get a huge amount of agency. I've not watched it in years, to be fair, but that's yeah, that's mostly what I remember of her. She didn't get a huge amount of agency, and. Also, she must have not met many people if she thought a quite clearly dangerous person with a bright green face was her best option. <laughs> She's got low standards. Yeah, I, I, I mean, clearly, you know, he was part god and all powerful, mm. but also was only going to use that power for mischief, which I think would have got old really quick, you know? Yeah, I think now that you mention it, because obviously, like, for me, the reason it was an issue is I didn't know that I was queer back then, and yet I found her the most beautiful woman in the world. Like, I just kept going, I just really want her haircut. And apparently it wasn't just I wanted her haircut. But, like, now that you mention it, like, she's got a little bit to her in that she's involved with the bad guys a little bit. But also, you're entirely right, she's pretty much damsel in distress a bit, isn't she? (laughs) Yeah, and I just don't find that attractive, so it just didn't... You know, it just, it has to be. And I think that's another thing for me is that I used to have a lot of conversations with people where they will say what, what you just said there, hmm. um, where I'll say, I like Loki. And you'll say, oh, anything with Tom Hiddleston. In, and I'm like, well, I don't know Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, know I him. Tend to, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm like, he seems lovely. Um, yeah. But yeah, because people will assume I've watched all the other movies he's in. Mm-hmm. When I haven't, because he's not being Loki in those. I've preferred Loki to any of the movies, if I'm honest. I think um, in terms of, I, like, I Loki just, being yeah, Loki. I like the character of Loki in all versions of, of the MCU, mm. but um, if Tom Hiddleston's not being Loki... Yeah. I'm not bothered about watching his films because he's in it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, and you know, unless it is, unless he's just playing Loki again. Do you reckon Um, that's a demisexual thing again? Because I kind of identify with that. Probably, because I would, people would forever be like, you fancy so-and-so, and and I'd be Mm. like, no, I fancy the character. Yeah. It's Loki that you're into, it's not Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. And, I, you know, I and I'm sure that. Tom Hiddleston's absolutely lovely. Yeah. But it, 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 I'm sorry. It just it's 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 God or nothing for me. <laughs> Chaos God or bust, please. <laughs> yeah. That um, makes so much sense to me because it's like that's kind of been the same with a, with a lot of things with me because like, mm. especially like before. Now we know a lot more about at least what celebrities want to put out there publicly. But yeah. back when I was younger celebrities were far more mysterious and I certainly had no access to any information about them and there was no social media and there wasn't as much reality TV or or live format things and and things like that. So Mm. I just, I never really saw the connection um, between the character and the actor. Yeah. And that's, that's always been, that's always just been the way I've, I've been. And it, it may well be, yeah, to do to do with the demisexual God. thing because it's like, but I don't know the actor. I can yeah. recognize the actor. Is obviously there's it's it's like meeting someone that looks just like someone you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like Tom Hiddleston's very handsome, mm. but I'd sell the whole human race of my own mother in order to go on a date with Loki. Like that's just a different thing. And it could be Loki or it could be Lady Loki. You know, I'm just I've got some flexibility. See, there's there's a running joke here that I'm I've really got a thing for Greg Davis, and I don't think it's even that I'm physically attracted to him. It's just I love his personality so much. It's just like I would bin off all of you to just marry that man and have him make me laugh for the next twenty years. Fine. <laughs> I think that's valid. Definitely. <laughs> well, I guess we're coming kind of to the end of our time now, Trista. So, would you like to tell me who your slay of the day is? Which, for those that don't know, is Trista's queer icon. Yes, uh, I I have got so distracted talking about other things. I can't and I wait need to bring up this person's pronunciation of their name. Because <laughs> this is a surprise for me. This one, so I'm excited. I I I, I hope I say her name correctly. Okay, I'm so not going to say her name correctly. Uh, she goes by uh, the handle. Do we still say handle in the internet community? Am I just old now? I'm or not still sure cool? they say we might because we're very old. It turns out <laughs> usernames just handle. not as cool. I want to pretend I'm still in the movie Hackers. Okay, <laughs> handles like IM days, isn't it? Aim, aim, and MSN. <laughs> Hi, I'm Trista Bites. Hi. I'm 39. <laughs> and I refuse to believe the 90s were more than 10 years ago. If so, it helps, I thought you were younger than me. And, you know, I'm 38, so. So we're about the same age. You should looking. be backing me up when I say internet handle is the cool thing to say. We all say internet handle. What's her handle, Trista? <laughs> 
Her, her internet handle on many social medias yes. is Jessica Out of the Closet. Uh, her Ooh. full name is Jessica Kelgren Fozard. I hope I said that correctly. I do know her and I love her. Her content is so good because she's married, isn't she, to... Oh, what's her wife's name? I can't remember. They are married. They recently had a baby as well. Did they um, have a baby? So I didn't know yes. that. They That's have so a lucky young baby. And I absolutely love Jessica's content. Mm-hmm. I, she's incredible stylish stylish (laughs) as all anything in those beautiful vintage dresses that she wears and she's just such a wonderful open personality and Mm -hmm. it's just i've learned so much from watching her youtube videos and her instagram's gold as well because like she has a, a genetic condition that affects the connective tissue yeah which which completely changes like how your body functions and um she talks all about her journey through discovering these things and connected things to these things and um she talks about all the hidden history of disabilities and queer hidden history as well and just watching her videos you learn like ah oh, there was an entire language that was just used by gay people that no one else could understand before that became mainstream there was this entire subset of the english language that was a mix of different languages that included slang words that wouldn't give away what you were actually saying (laughs) i think that's incredible plus all the the hidden hidden histories of um i can't remember the 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 lady's name but there was a, a a lady in history who was um who basically didn't her family didn't like the fact she kept having girlfriends so they sent her girlfriend away to a nunnery so she went to the nunnery and used a freshly exhumed that she did herself from a cemetery skeleton to put in the room and burnt the entire nunnery down to rescue her girlfriend and then when it became a pirate but then got bored of the girlfriend so then went and dated someone else instead despite having burnt an entire nunnery down to rescue her girlfriend and then go live a life of crime and um she goes through all these like really and this person was like 19 or something you know wow. like she's like, that was passionate though isn't it <laughs> hidden history and um you know every single person in history where they were like so so and so and so and so were friends and lived together mm-hmm. neither of them ever married and goes through and like uncovers all these hidden gems of, of history and stuff and um really brilliant funny delivery as well mm-hmm. and um very just very lovely, funny moments in her videos. I remember that she, because she dresses in vintage, her mm-hmm. wife dresses in jeans and t-shirts. Yeah, very casual. <laughs> they're brilliant. And at one point, the community was like, oh, what would you look like dressed in kind of modern fashion? And then Jessica was on another channel. Yeah. And um, because she speaks so clearly, people r- or just all the time forget she's deaf. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was on this other channel, and every time the person did her eye makeup, they kept speaking. Mm. And just after a while, she'd go, "You know, with my eye closed, eyes closed, I can't <laughs> hear you anymore," <laughs> because she's lip reading. And it's just so the way she delivers her lines is just so funny. And um, she's she's an icon. She's amazing. I can't believe that she isn't more famous mm. Than, mm. than she is because her content is so well researched. It's so informative and it's so brilliantly and humor humor filled in the delivery that mm. you can you can learn so much from her channel while laughing all the way through it, even though some of the topics are, are, are quite difficult at yeah. times and uh, are covering things that are like, and this will never be in the history books. And mm-hmm. of course, this person was just a friend and and then this person was beheaded. But it's um. 
it's it's a wonderful channel and i highly recommend that people go go and go and check out her work i'll put the jessica out into the go for it she's brilliant as a um interestingly mentioning of like things like polari there's um a, there's a shop the in Cardiff called Queer Emporium, which sells uh, like hoodies and things now that's got Polari words on it. And it's interesting oh. how much of it, like us youngsters, we know nothing because we were all looking at them going, I wonder what that means. And they were like, oh, if you look on the wall, there's like a translation of Polari to what it actually meant. Like I need, I need all of them. It's always interesting to see like what words just made it into general usage. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I always find it interesting to wonder just how many people out there in the sort of English-speaking world who very much think we shouldn't exist are using our words that we use to hide from them. Mm-hmm. Because I find that somewhat amusing. Yeah. <laughs> so Trista, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I'm Trista Bites on absolutely everything. I'm easy to spot. I'm a Muppet with purple hair. <laughs> and is there anything else you want to promote before we say goodbye? Um, uh, I probably need to promote the fact that I need to have thought about this slightly further in advance to know what I needed to have promoted. Okay. Uh, but I guess if <laughs> if you guys would like to come and hang out with me and talk all kinds of geek nonsense, you are you are most welcome to on any of those channels uh, at the moment. And I will be doing some live shows nearer the end of the year, including uh, things things like format and uh, probably some of the the play expos and stuff as well. So that would be a lovely opportunity to meet up with some people in real life but i will put stuff like that all on my social media if people want to get involved amazing i love it so much trista it's been an absolute delight and you were so lovely and wonderful and thank you for being coming on and just having a bit of a natter really <laughs> no worries thank you for putting up with me and letting me relentlessly tell you you need to watch ps9 mate i'm on it i promise there's my homework I, you have to start messaging me now okay. i want a message every week telling me what episode i'm gonna tell you where i'm up and, and how much you loved it <laughs> And I'll tell you when I get to the dark stuff. That's a deal, right? <laughs> I accept this. I accept this as, as, a, as a way forward. Because, you know, I like you. I don't want to have to block you on social okay. media, you know? Look, if that's what it takes to be your friend, then fine. I, I'm more than happy to watch all of Deep Space Nine. It's not a problem. <laughs> Excellent. This is the pointless hill I'm going to die on today for no reason other than I'm hangry because I forgot to eat lunch today. Oh, God. And you're on commission for Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I should be. Did, did anyone at Deep Space Nine or any other... Can we get you, know, you a sponsorship? want to sponsor me? That would be lovely. Wait, wait, wait. Do you want to do an impassioned plea? Hold on. Let me make you big. Do an impassioned plea for them to sponsor you, Deep Space Nine. Go. If, if anyone who's in charge of anything, Deep Space Nine or, quite frankly, practically anything else, would like to sponsor a... Muppet face with a camera who relentlessly talks at people who somehow, for no reason, seem to listen. Please <laughs> let me know. It would be handy. I literally live on the internet now. That's this my entire life. And um, I can't shut up. So please, please enable that to continue um, with the application of sponsorship and uh, money and maybe some free crisps. She hasn't got a Muppet face, but please give her crisps. Um, that was Trista Bites everybody thank you so much Trista you are an absolute legend and thank you for coming on and I will keep you updated with my Deep Space Nine nine homework if that's alright excellent my (laughs) mission here is complete (laughs) amazing thank you Trista see you soon bye bye 
So that was the wonderful Trista Bites. Um, I had such a good time talking to a lovely, kind, generous human being. The Samaritans fundraiser that she mentions in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> the team total that's currently raised is over eight and a half thousand pounds, which is just a staggering amount of money. They've done wonderful work. She has given me a new obsession about Deep Space Nine, which I will be eternally grateful for. Also, I can't tell you how nice it was to nerd out about Dungeons and Dragons with somebody on this podcast. It made me so happy. Um, I have ordered the most expensive dice imaginable. If you would like to see how irresponsible I am with my adult money, please feel free to have a look at twitter.com slash Mastery. Yes, with a Y, because Genegademaster was taken by someone who hasn't tweeted since 2014. It's not my fault that I am both hilarious and not terribly inventive. So yeah, feel free to look at them if you want to see them. As I said at the start, we're going to take a tiny little break from this just while I sort of pull resources and just have a bit of a refresh. When this video does go up on YouTube, you'll see that Trista is in the shiny new podcast room, which is another reason why it's quite a nice way to sort of end this season. So you'll be able to see what's to come for season two of No Straight Answers. I hope that you've enjoyed these as much as I've enjoyed recording them. If you ever want to watch them live or just want to hang out with me, really, I guess, um, I'm on twitch.tv slash Master. And as I say, any feedback or anything on No Straight Answers or if you want to nerd out to D&D with me, I would be very grateful. Have a look on JennyGameMaster.com. It's got literally everything is listed there, including TikTok, which I am now obsessed with. See, I am young. I may be with Trista in thinking it's handle and not username, but I'm still on TikTok. I saw a TikTok last week where they referred to the older people on TikTok and they were people born in the 90s. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's a problem. Please check out Trista on all of the links that are going to be below. It's Trista Bites on all of the socials. Uh, her Twitch is twitch.tv slash Trista Bites. And if you need any help in terms of what the Samaritans offer, then that number will also be in the description below. I hope you've enjoyed season one as much as I have. We will return. Until then, be gay, do crimes. For legal reasons, not really that second one. Come hang out with me somewhere else and we'll get ourselves cracking on season two very shortly. You've been amazing. I've been adequate. I love you very much. See you very soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.